Well, good morning, church family. Hi. Welcome to another Sunday service. We are so glad that you are here with us this morning. Uh, we're going to say a quick opening prayer, and then Jordan is going to lead us in our scripture reading. So let's pray. Father, thank you for another day of life. Thank you for the privilege to gather as a church family via video this morning. I ask you to bless our time, bless everyone who's joining us uh, locally and around the country. And we commit this morning to you in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church family. Jordan here. I'm going to take us through and have the privilege of reading some scripture together. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm 148 today. Um, and as we like to do, um, you know, we like to prepare ourselves and really just, um, just help us focus on really God and who he is and his character uh, as we as we begin worship. So be in Psalm 148 today, and uh, I'll read that all out for us. You can read along with me, and I would encourage you uh, um, to also read out loud, whether you're together with family or you're by yourself, uh, take advantage of that. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and get us started here. So Psalm 148 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth. You great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. And again, as we, as we enter worship and, uh, you know, just, well, we, we love to read the Psalms, just really to focus on God and really as we're, we've read here, uh, his greatness over creation and creating us and creating things and all of us giving praise and glory to him. And, uh, and I'm just hoping that we, we just consider that. Uh, before we move into worship, obviously you guys have the ability to pause the video uh, to prepare yourselves. And so I would encourage us to do that. And I have kind of a fun way to do that or just kind of think about that um, to, to get us started in considering the psalm. Um, I've been going through a series with our young adults uh, by Matt Chandler, and he just has a very interesting uh, kind of perspective along the lines of this, of being kind of in awe of uh, the things that are created, that God has created. And uh, he kind of starts off with, um, you know, talking about he's not really by the ocean, even though he's in Texas, the Gulf is not an ocean. So just to give you some context there, uh, he says, uh, if we could be by a real ocean, and hear its roars and be impressed by its waters and feel the fear that this thing could sweep me out and be done with me without breaking a sweat. That magnificence, that awe that we would feel would just be surface level, elementary reverence. 
and this is kind of his, the culmination of his thought. He says, the fact that someone told that to be is exponential reverence. And I love that because when we were, we are so awestruck by so many things. I just think of the mountains. I love the mountains personally. I grew up in flatland in Iowa and we don't have that. So when we would go on family vacations and we'd see the mountains, it just took my breath away. And I know I'm not the only one. And I just love that he says, when we behold these and we're in just awe uh, of their greatness, how much more is God's greatness because he's the one that told that thing to be. And so as we're preparing for worship and as we're entering into a time of that, uh, really I'm just praying that we would get to just have time to consider that, to really press our minds into the reality that how much more awesome and lovely and just great is God um, that made the things that we are so, uh, that we enjoy so much and we're so kind of awestruck by. Um, so encourage you guys with that. Uh, take time to think about that as we enter into a time of worship. So uh, thank you for joining us and uh, we'll continue with the service. Thanks guys. Yeah.
Our desire on our Sunday service times together has really been to keep a lot of the elements of our services in the video, things that we would do if we were gathering at the well on Sundays. And so what's next? Meet and greet, offerings, and announcements. Well done. After announcements, we're going to celebrate communion together. God bless you. Hey, well, hello, church. Long time no see. Now, this is the normal time in the service where we would uh, do meet and greet. You know, where we one another, one another. And, uh, but we're not together, so, I mean, we can't hug and we can't shake hands. Um, we can't reach out to one another, you know, across the aisle. Uh, that's kind of weird, isn't it? It seems kind of strange. I don't know. Do you miss it? I really miss meet and greet where we get to say hello to one another. And um, But, you know, we're going to be able to do that soon. Uh, I'm sure that this is going to be over and we're going to be able to be back to church and we're going to have meet and greet. And, uh, you know, that's a tradition that we've had in the church now for so long. Uh, I used to think, uh, this is by way of confession now, I used to think that, boy, sometimes we have these little superficial uh, relationships at church where we put on our Sunday best and we we you know we look good we smell good and um, and we're always fine whenever anybody asks how you doing and uh, but you know what over the last three or four weeks of not being able to meet and greet together I so miss it I would just love to ask you how you're doing and have you say fine. I just missed that. So we're going to do meet and greet. Now, you can see me, but I can't see you. So what we decided to do a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to continue with meet and greet this week, the same way, we've got a couple of people that would like to say hello to you. And maybe that would encourage you to accept Pastor Tyler's invitation to record a little meet and greet of your own. So, listen up. There's a few folks that would like to say hi to you. And speaking of saying hi, hey guys at Triple C, how you doing? Here you go. Hey guys! In case you've forgotten, my name is Garrett. And I'm Tiara. And I used to work as a youth director here at The Well. Tiara is still Richie's daughter, as far as I'm concerned. Um, just want to give you guys a shout out. We miss you. We love you. We're praying for you. All the huddle kids, we love you. The kingdom kids, we love you. And all the parents and the families, we miss you guys. And uh, We're doing well. We're doing well. Adjusting, but yeah. can't wait to see you guys. Yeah, hope to see you guys soon. We love you. 
Hi, church family. I'm Sally Thompson. I sure miss all seeing you, but it won't be long we'll be able to get together again. I hope all is well and you're faring it well. God bless to you all. Love you. This is Isaac. This is Sydney. And we miss you and love you. Shout out to the huddle. Woo! <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Gabby. And I'm Gabby's husband. We really miss everybody, especially the people in the kitchen. And I know you all miss Carl being bossy and Linda and Betty, not to mention anybody, but uh, we really miss you. And um, looking we... forward to see you guys. Mm -hmm. Take care and God bless. Love bye you. Bye. bye. Hey, church, we're the Pettits. I'm Mike. I'm Lachelle. This is Evie. I'm Eowyn. I'm Ireland. And I'm Alouette. And this is Witta. We just wanted to shout out and say hello and just let you know we're thinking of you. We miss you and we love you. Oh, and you know what else we miss? The, the cheese! <laughs> but seriously, we miss all of you the most. We're praying for you. We look forward to when we're worshiping with you all together. And though we may be apart right now, we're together in Christ. God bless. Good morning, saints. Before we pray for our tithes and offerings, I wanted to uh, remind everyone that you can submit your tithes and offerings online. You can do that via Subsplash. Uh, it's available as an application on the church's website or through the church's application. And I wanted to also just encourage everyone to really be looking for opportunities in these difficult times to help those in need. It may be a neighbor, it may be someone in our community, it may be someone in another country that you're familiar with through missions. But whoever and whatever opportunity you might find, just be seeking the Lord and looking for opportunities to reach out and to minister to and to support those who are in need during these trying times. So would you pray with me today for our tithes and offerings? Lord, we come to you really with very humble hearts, Lord, acknowledging, thanking you, praising you for your generosity, for your kindness, for your graciousness, for your faithfulness, Lord, to us. Um, you have blessed us beyond measure, beyond our comprehension, and we really ask you to speak loudly, Lord, to our hearts about giving, about how to give back of our money, of our time, of our resources, of ourselves, Lord, uh, to those around us, to your kingdom, to your work. So Lord, would you just lead us in telling us what you want us to do relative to giving to your kingdom. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday. Morning, church. I'm Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here at the well. I just want to wish you a great morning and hope everybody's social distancing. You know, I always wonder, why do people say social distancing? It should be physical distancing. We shouldn't be social distancing. We should be reaching out to one another. And I encourage you during this time to reach out to one another by text, by video, by Zoom, or whatever means you can do that by still physical distancing. I encourage that. And if you haven't seen the word from the well this Wednesday, the word was encouraged. So I encourage you to one another, and that's what we're called to do. Also, I want to let you know that our men's and women's groups um, via Zoom is underway and it is doing awesome. If you have any um, questions about it, it's listed in the bulletin that's online and you contact information if you'd like to join us. So now let's see what's happening in Kingdom Kids. 
Hi, Kingdom Kids. Oh, we miss you so much. And I just wanted to let you know that we at Kingdom Kids are starting a brand new series. And it's called Finding Jesus Under the Sea. And we get to explore all of God's creations and see how they relate to Bible stories. We are going to get to go deeper in our faith with Jesus. And this week we are learning about dolphins and how the dolphins relate to Philip and the Ethiopian in the Bible. And I want you to check out online on our church, church's website. I'm so excited I can't even talk. And on our app under the link Kingdom Kids, and you can find our Bible stories, our devotionals, and activities that all relate to our weekly activities and stories that have to do with finding Jesus under the sea. We're so ex excited about this. want to let you know that we love you, and we're praying for each one of you. Now let's see what some of our Kingdom Kids have to say. It's time for me to get back with my dolphin friends. <laughs> see you next week. Hi, I'm Irie, and I miss everyone at Kingdom Kids, and um, I hope we get to go back to church soon because it's kind of boring without church. <laughs> Good morning, Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship family. Randy Brooks here, honored today to lead the congregation in the Lord's Supper. In the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Jesus defined the bread and the cup when he said the following words, Do this in remembrance of me. The disciples weren't eating his body. They weren't drinking his blood. They were remembering his body and his blood. Scripture makes this clear. In fact, the Apostle Paul further expanded on that by telling us in his letter to the Corinthians that the bread and the cup are symbols of the new covenant in his blood. The bread and the cup remain the bread and the cup. In fact, when the Lord instituted this particular ordinance, he took bread that was associated with the Jewish Passover and wine which was associated with the Passover feast. Why? Because our Savior is a Jew, and his disciples were all Jews. And those two symbols, the bread and the cup, were and are symbols of the Jewish Passover in the past. Then Jesus said, there's a new Passover, there's a new deliverance, there's a new rescue, and I'm going to provide that on the cross. And these will be the symbols by which you will remember what I have done. So don't get caught up in biblically qualifying the elements that you may have on hand to participate in this Holy Communion. Rather, we should all be focused on remembering him Jesus and the sacrifice he made on our behalf with his body and blood. So, if all you have are saltine crackers, sliced bread, pretzels, tortillas, or goldfish, the cracker, not the actual fish, break that as a symbol of the body of Jesus. Then pour any life-sustaining beverage in a cup as a symbol of his shed blood. This can be grape juice, apple juice, orange juice, tomato juice, prune juice, or water, tea, coffee, whatever. The point is, Jesus said, as often as we do this, do it in remembrance of him. 
you can hit the pause button on this Cyber Church broadcast at any point and take communion with those believers viewing with you. God bless you all, and I look so forward to sharing the element symbols of communion with you all when we can safely return to the well. Blessings. Well, good morning. Let's pray together before we open God's Word. Father, we thank you again for the privilege to gather uh, this Lord's Day. And as we continue to look at Ephesians chapter 1, Lord, help us to truly grasp what it means to have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. So that, Father, we can live the abundant life, the life that you call us to live as your children, that you call us to live as saints. So, Father, we commit this time to you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, we're going to continue uh, working through, looking at the book of Ephesians. And we're going to be focusing on Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, so to kind of bring us back up to speed, we're going to read verses 1, 2, and 3 from Ephesians. It says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So we know that uh, the book of Ephesians is actually a letter, and a letter written from the Apostle Paul to the saints in Ephesus and the surrounding region. And the purpose, the fundamental purpose of the book of Ephesians, and the purpose of Paul writing this letter uh, to the saints, is really to encourage them, to teach and then encourage them uh, to live saintly, to put their position, their identity as saints into practice and to live saintly lives, right? The, uh, the admonition to, to have uh, who you are in Christ impact every area of your life to the glory of God uh, for saints to simply live saintly. And I was thinking about that this week. Uh, we had an opportunity, my wife and I, to, to head down to, uh, to do some shopping at Costco and Lowe's. And, and uh, if you've been down there, you're, you're familiar with uh, the lines and the social distancing and um, the vast uh, majority of people wearing masks and, and all the, the ways that the current uh, global situation has impacted our daily lives our daily lives. You know, I was, I was at the store and I was in line and, and they have the stickers on the ground every six feet. And then I'm looking around and, and again, a very high percentage of people are wearing masks. And, and it really struck me how this current situation has permeated uh, pretty much our entire life, how we do even the simplest tasks of going shopping. And, and, and I was thinking of that in light of Ephesians and, and on the other end of the spectrum, how as a follower of Jesus, right, as a saint, uh, my identity, uh, who I am in Christ should permeate every area of my life, should permeate 
every area of my life. Just like we wake up now under these current stay-at-home orders uh, here in Ojai with the masks for essential businesses, and you wake up and you're in this new uh, environment, this new world circumstance, where now you're, you're thinking intentionally about how differently you need to do things, how differently you need to live, to function, right, as a citizen of this state, as a citizen in this city. And now we're actually intentionally having to think through how to live. And in the same way, the Apostle Paul is, is really speaking to the saints and saying, okay, I want you to be intentional about how you live as a saint because it should permeate every area of your life. It shouldn't just be, you know, this compartment for when it's convenient or this compartment for when there's a crisis. Uh, it shouldn't be just, you know, a once a week thing or a twice a week thing. It shouldn't even just be uh, routine. Out of this new covenant relationship with Jesus, being in Christ, being a child of God, we should wake up and recognize and realize that we need to be intentional about how we live, how we live. And we're going to focus on verse 3 today. It says, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. A couple of weeks ago, it was Palm Sunday, we looked at and focused on the truth that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That word every means we have everything we need to live a godly life, everything we need spiritually to follow Jesus and glorify Him. 2 Peter 1.3 in the New Living Translation says this, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. So, so in, in many sense, in many senses, the Apostle Paul is laying the framework for the rest of the book of Ephesians by saying, hey, saints, you have everything you need already. Already. And the first uh, portion of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is really going to lay the framework, the foundation for what we already have, the spiritual riches we have access to, so that we can appropriate them, we can appropriate these riches, and then go live our lives to the glory of God, to the glory of God, right? And Ephesians 1.3 in the New Living Translation says this, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. It's our union with Christ, being in Christ through a new covenant relationship, right? You put your faith in Jesus. You enter a new covenant relationship. You're now in Christ. You're now in union with Christ. And because of that, we have spiritual riches, everything we need. So the question is, if we have everything we need, why don't we access them? Why aren't we, uh, you know, just uh, daily, moment by moment, just running to the spiritual vault and saying, you know, it's all there. It's all there. 
I'm going to appropriate what's mine. What, what, what challenges us to take advantage, to appropriate what is already ours? And I think sometimes it may be that we, we maybe haven't settled some core issues about, about our union in Christ and, and how this kind of works. And so uh, Ephesians 1.3, right, it says, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us who has blessed us. So perhaps uh, this morning you need to settle the issue, meditate on, reflect on the truth that it's already past tense. You have been blessed. I have been blessed as a child of God with every spiritual blessing, right? It's already happened. It's already happened. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. What, What does that mean? It means that we need to be careful that we don't actually begin to ask God repeatedly for what we already have, okay? Be very careful that you haven't missed the truth that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And, And be careful about asking God for what you already have. In fact, what you should probably be Praying and your, your heart's desire should be, should be, Father, help me appropriate what I already have. Help me to accept and apply what I already have. That's radically different than, than coming to Father in prayer and asking Him repeatedly uh, for blessings when you already have them. You've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing, right? Warren Wiersbe says this, When you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, God gave you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You now have your inheritance. All you need do is appropriate that inheritance by faith and draw on His riches in glory. The word of God is the will that tells you how rich you are. And faith is the key that opens the vault so you can claim your inheritance. Alexander McLaren says this, We may have as much of God as we will. Christ puts the key of the treasure chamber into our hand and bids us take all that we want. If a man is admitted into the bullion vault of a bank and told to help himself and comes out with one cent, whose fault is it that he is poor? The limit of the gift is only in ourselves. All has been given. But the question remains, how much has been taken? Oh, Christian men and women. There is nothing that we require more than to have what we have, to possess what is ours, to make our own what has been bestowed. What has been bestowed already. So we need to appropriate. We need to accept. We need to apply the very powerful biblical truth that we've already received our spiritual inheritance. 
And so what else does verse 3 tell us? How else can we solidify this truth? How else can we really drive the stake in the ground to know that it's accessible to you, it's accessible to me? Because maybe uh, there are some things that are unclear about how this works. Well, how does that really work? And if you're unclear about how it works, maybe you're a little hesitant that, that these spiritual riches, this vault of your inheritance is actually for you. And it might be uh, a cause of, of hesitancy, reluctance to, to really just go in there and joyfully and confidently appropriate it. So I want to look at how does this work? Because it says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. Okay, it's really important to understand uh, where Christ is right now. Okay, so where is Christ right now? Ephesians 1, 19 and 20 in the uh, New Living Translation says this, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So where is Christ right now? At God's right hand in the heavenly realms, right? We celebrated Easter. He's been raised. These verses tell us that he has been seated in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms, right? So that's where Christ is. So as a believer, where are you? Where are you? And in fact, before you were a believer, the Bible says you were in Adam, right? Lost in your sin. We were in Adam through faith in Christ, you become in Christ, you're born again, you're regenerated, you're adopted into God's family, you're a new creation. But where are you? Where are you? And, and, and it is, it's a powerful truth to recognize that as a believer, you actually have two new spiritual addresses, right? Two. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7, says this, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So... Where are you? Where, where is your spiritual address as a saint, as a child of God? According to these verses, we have been raised up with him. We have been seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, we're with him. We're in him. That's the truth of our spiritual position. You've got to understand that. Now, now the challenging part for us is that as believers, we kind of live in two different dimensions, right? We have just been told that we're in Christ. We have been uh, seated with him. We've been raised with him. So there's this very powerful spiritual truth, and yet we live on this planet. And so we have to be able to biblically develop a biblical worldview to operate, to live on this planet in light of in light of the supernatural spiritual truth of being in Christ, 
of being raised with him, of being seated with him in the heavenly places. Philippians 3, verse 20 to 21 says this, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So Philippians 3.21, our citizenship is in heaven. 1 Peter 2.11-12 in the NIV says this, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So 1 Peter 2, 11, we are what? Aliens and strangers. Philippians 3, verse 20, 21. Our citizenship is in heaven, right? And I share those verses with you for you to really think about sort of this dual dimension that we live in. Because if you get consumed as a citizen of earth, you're going to miss the powerful spiritual truths of what is yours already spiritually, vertically, as a child of God, seated with Christ in the heavenlies. All the spiritual riches that have already been given to you, right? William Barclay says this, A Christian always moves in two spheres. He is in a certain place in this world, but he is also in Christ. He lives in two dimensions. He lives in this world whose duties he does not treat lightly. But above and beyond that, he lives in Christ. In this world, he may move from place to place. But wherever he is, he is in Christ. That is why outward circumstances make little difference to the Christian. His peace and his joy are not dependent on them. That is why he will do any job with all his heart. It may be menial, unpleasant, painful. It may be far less distinguished than he might expect to have. Its rewards may be small and its praise non-existent. Nevertheless, the Christian will do it diligently, uncomplainingly, and cheerfully, for he is in Christ and does all things as to the Lord. So you see, this position in Christ, these very powerful spiritual truths should impact, should permeate every area of our life because of uh, the truth that we are in Christ and we have every spiritual resource we need in Christ. So I challenge you this morning, are you more focused on being in Christ or in your circumstances? What, what really uh, consumes your mind? Being in Christ or being in your circumstances. At the beginning of the year, we looked at the uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. We looked at this passage over several weeks and we saw that to seek the things that are above, right? It means to exert serious effort. 
to strive for earnestly. It's present tense. It's continual. It's a choice we make. One person says, says it this way, habitually set your mind, your attention on things above, not on things on the earth. So if we're going to be saintly, if we're going to be appropriating all the spiritual riches that are ours in Christ, in the heavenly places, we need to intentionally, habitually choose to be seeking and setting our minds on things above. What does that mean practically? That means being in the Word of God. That means prayer. That means fellowship. That means sharing our lives with one another. All of these spiritual disciplines all come into the mix to help us what? Keep our minds set on things above. Help encourage us to keep seeking the things that are above. So again, a word of encouragement, just a moment of application. This week, what is your what has your mind been set on? What have you been seeking? Have you been seeking these truths about who you are in Christ? Or has your mind been more consumed with being in your circumstance? In your circumstance. There's a wonderful example in Joshua. The book of Joshua, uh, chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3 says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. So you see the illustration? God had already promised the land to his people, and yet, and yet, Joshua had a responsibility to step out in faith and obedience and claim what God had already promised to give them. And so, encouragement to you, encouragement to me, that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. But we have a responsibility to step out in faith and obedience and claim, appropriate what is already ours, what is already ours. And ultimately, it's not for selfish reasons. It's not for selfish reasons, right? Ephesians 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The first word is blessed. That word blessed is where we get the word eulogy. And what is eulogy? It's to speak well of someone, right? It's a speech or a writing that praises someone highly. So ultimately, when we appropriate these spiritual truths, when we live by them, we praise, we bless God who gave them to us. Our lives are now doxologies. Our lives give glory to Him. And we say, praise you, Father, bless you, Father, for all that you have given to us in Christ. William Barclay says this, There is the life that is dominated by the Spirit of God. As a man lives in the air, he lives in Christ, never separated from him. 
As he breathes in the air, the air fills him. So Christ fills him. He has no mind of his own. Christ is his mind. He has no desires of his own. The will of Christ is his only law. He is spirit-controlled, Christ-controlled, God-focused. And so that's my encouragement for us. We're going to sing a song, and in this time, use this time of singing, use this time of worship to seek and set your mind on things above, to begin to genuinely thank God, praise God for all the spiritual blessings you already have in Christ. Let's sing together.
Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for our time this morning. Thank you that you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I pray that this week we would seek those things that are above. We, were, we would set our minds on those things that are above. That this incredible truth of what we have already received as your children would permeate every area of our life. That we would celebrate, we would rejoice in our spiritual inheritance that is already ours. Father, I pray that this week, perhaps we wouldn't be asking you for blessings. We would be appropriating the blessings that you've already given to us. And as we do this, Father, may our lives bring glory to you. May the fruit of the Spirit overflow in our lives as we walk by faith and obedience in the power of the Holy Spirit, accepting and applying all that you've already given to us in Christ. So, Father, thank you. Be glorified in everything we do, everything we say this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks for being with us this morning. Have a blessed week. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday.